0: Hey everyone, welcome back to The Caption Life, and in this episode, we're going to be reviewing DC Comics' Batman Beyond Neo year. Naturally, we talk about how AI might try to take over our town. We talk about Will Fradel, who was the voice of Terry McGinnis in the original animated series. And we also talk a little bit about my TikTok rivalry, Danny O'Manny. <sighs> Let's go! Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer, from one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at Caption Life. You can also find more episodes and information at thecaptionlife.com. Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to the show. We are doing another comics review and commentary and today we're going to review Batman Beyond Neo Year from DC Comics. This series ran in 2022 and was written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Max Dunbar, colored by uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr. and Sebastian Chang, and lettered by Aditya Bidikar. apologize if I didn't pronounce that correctly uh, We select the comics we're about to review in these episodes by taking the recommendation from our guest host So please welcome to the show, for a second time, Matt, a.k.a. Bumpkins He is a comics fan of over 30 years and a lifelong fan of almost everything in the nerd realm Matt, how you doing today, man? Good, how are you doing? I am hanging in there. I'm crazy busy right now because I just got back from vacation, and then I'm trying to get caught up with work at the same time as getting ready to go to c2e2 in chicago and and you know I'm, I'm doing stuff for this show i'm also doing stuff for nerd initiative so it's just been kind of crazy busy so i i'm like all over the place and i sometimes i don't even know what i'm doing i will be walking down the stairs i'm like what am i supposed to do because i know there's like five things i had to get done and then yeah. i get to the bottom of the stairs i'm like i completely forgot it <laughs> yeah it's like
1: i try to tell my son you know just when you have a lot of things just try to just do one thing at a time just focus on one thing
0: Knock one mm-hmm. thing out, move to the next, and just so on and so on. Right, yeah. So that's that's something I, I have to create a list. But at this point, I'm just like it's so close that. I got everything, I think, in my mind, and, and I just don't have the time to write down the list right now before ZTE to come. Right. Um, well, thanks for joining the show. What I wanted to ask you, um, and usually what we do is we ask our guests, what's their comic origin story? But you mm-hmm. did that because you were already on the show earlier, um, You know, back in December when we talked about our favorite holiday-focused comics. Right. So I thought maybe we could switch this up a little bit, and I'm going to ask you, what is your Batman Beyond origin story? What What introduced you to that character i'm pretty sure i know the answer because i think a lot of us um, (laughs) have a similar experience but i want to ask you uh what's your batman beyond origin story since we're going to be doing a review of this comic
1: yeah i mean it's it's pretty much like you said probably every the same for every everybody that's our age you know like the cartoon right um i grew up or not grew up but I was a kid when Batman the Animated Series came on in, in 1992 and watched that with a passion. And then that eventually in 1999 rolled into Batman Beyond. And I was like, well, shoot, there's another Batman cartoon. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch that, you know, especially since Batman the Animated Series had ended by that point And there was a new one. I was like, whoa, this this is new and it takes place in the future. What is this? Yeah, uh, it, it looks visually like The Batman animated series So I'm definitely going to watch it And yeah, I just watched it as much as I could
0: Yeah, I mean, same thing with me I grew up, you know, watching the Batman animated series As well, when Batman Beyond came out Loved the fact that we had another Batman animated show going out there And just like you said, it takes place in the future yeah. Um, but it also still has that same style of Batman animated series, which they purposely drew it in a way to where you weren't sure if it's present day or the past, because um, it has some of that gothic style that yeah. they uh, got inspired by from Tim Burton. And so Batman Beyond kind of kept that, but definitely in a futuristic style. And so they updated a lot of the technology that they're using and, and, you know, everything that you kind of expect in that futuristic uh, style that people are creating when they're creating a show that takes place in the future. And I think, you know, this is a show that behind Batman anime series is kind of a core component of our childhood growing up, because anyone that's a fan of Batman definitely watched Batman beyond with Terry McGinnis taking that new mantle. Um, I know for me, I was really, In love with the movie Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I was thinking about that just
1: (laughs) a little before we came on. How good that is. Oh, my gosh. I think I have it on Blu-ray upstairs.
0: Yeah, I I watched it recently, um, actually on um, Stream Lounge with somebody, and Mm. I hadn't watched it in years. And it still holds up. It's still a great movie, great story, great animation. They combine, you know, the things we love about Batman animated series with having Mark Hamill coming back as the Joker, um, but also keeping it in the Batman Beyond Realm and still being a Terry McGinnis story while Putting in there, you know, some of the history of Bruce Wayne and the Joker and Robin and all that. Uh, so that movie is definitely what I think about when I think about Batman Beyond. And I got to say, I was really surprised when I found out that the person who voiced Terry McGinnis is Will Friedle. If you don't know who yeah. that is, he is a guy that plays uh, Corey Matthews' older brother. In uh, Boy Meets World. I, I forget his name in there, but um, it, it just it's, it blew me away because in that show, Boy Meets World, he's just a you know, a silly, gooky kind of guy, you know, kinda on the dumb side, you know, like you know, just kind of absent minded and everything like that. And then in this animated show, he has a very serious tone, just like Batman. And so I was really surprised it was the same person doing this, and and I absolutely love that. And and I know at C2E2 Will Fradle is actually going to be there with some of the other cast members Of Boy Meets World, but I'm sure that he's probably Going to get questions from Batman Beyond because oh, for again, sure <laughs> That fandom is definitely going to be there it, yeah. it, People who love Boy Meets World Also love Batman Beyond, so I'm sure he gets Questions about that all the time
1: Yeah, and this uh, led him Into doing all kinds of voice work For, I, I can't even name All the other shows that he was in,
0: but he's done All, all kinds of voice work for a bunch of different stuff That, that we've is. all seen over the years Yeah, he's been Um so recently I've been getting into the show called Legend of Vox Machina. Have you watched that? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, no, but I know what you're talking about,
0: yeah yeah, I absolutely love it, I, I came across it Just by accident, and I absolutely love that show And I did some research on what that's about And it comes from this group of people Called Critical Role, who do these Dungeons and Dragons campaigns And live stream them on Twitch, and all of them are Voice actors, like that's how they knew each other, is they all Do voice acting work, and they've done some great stuff And Real Fredel actually Has been on Critical Role a few times As a character, so he oh, yeah. voices A character in the second season Of Vox Machina, and, and he just does a phenomenal job he's a really good actor both on screen and as a voice actor yeah and i'm looking at his imdb page now just just
1: so like it's he's done so much stuff that like you have to hit you know see all to see anything past like five years ago he's done so much yeah (laughs) it can't fit
0: all onto one page yeah yeah i mean he's been he's been out of the limelight since boy meets world but that's because he's been behind the screen doing voice acting oh sure and you don't even realize it yeah yeah so what's interesting is that that's been our introduction to Batman Beyond. Have you read any Batman Beyond comics yet Beside um, this one?
1: Very few. So there was a uh, there was a Batman Beyond comic um that uh, I think it was uh, it was several years maybe 10 or more years ago and I think it was digital first. Um, mm-hmm. that you could buy for like 99 cents on Comixology. and it was one of those where it was like um a half a half page so you'd have to turn your iPad sideways. And that led into Justice League Beyond, I think, there, and that spun off into a Superman Beyond comic. So I read some of those, mm-hmm. but there have been like the, the Batman Beyond Rebirth. There was the miniseries where Tim Drake was transported in the future and became Batman Beyond for a little while. Like, I didn't read any of that stuff. So <laughs> this comic is probably the first actual, actual comic that I've read of Batman Beyond other than just like a few little digital things here and there.
0: Right. For me, this is the first comic uh, run that I've read of Batman Beyond. uh, Any issue, either. I haven't read anything of Batman Beyond before this, so this is going to be my first introduction to the comic characters and story of Batman Beyond. Now, I was looking up on um, League of Comic Geeks, and I guess – this is a universe where I guess it's called Futures End because I noticed that when you put the when they put the characters in, they put the name of the character, and then they kind of put the universe that they're in, and all the characters have Futures End in there. So this must be a different universe. I've never heard of this one. My guess is this is specifically Batman Beyond and maybe some other DC properties, but well, um,
1: I, I don't know about that. I'd have to look at that. Futures End was a storyline that ran during the New Fifty Two. Okay. Um, and there was a Batman Beyond component to that, I think, but I didn't get that from any of that. That's not like a thing now. Futures End is done; like it was just a, a story that, right, ran its course. So I'm not really sure. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I maybe I didn't pick up on something in this.
0: I know. Well, and this is League of Comic Geek, which a lot of it is. You know, people contribute to it um, yeah. who are signed up to it and everything like that. Um, so I don't know if that's the official one or if that's one that people think, you know, this is probably the closest that we get. Yeah, because I think they're trying to make the distinction that this is not in the main continuity necessarily because of where everything is at right now. So my guess is, yeah, if there isn't an official designation, that's probably what they're using just to make it clear that this is not part of the main continuity is my guess.
1: Yeah. And of course after the end of Dark Crisis, which just ended a couple months back, you know, the the infinite Earths are back. So yes. anything in every D C story that you've ever read, whether it's <laughs> Jurassic League or Batman sixty six or whatever, any, every story that exists exists on an Earth somewhere. So even if this isn't main like what is it, Earth Zero, I think for D C this it's it's on one of the other ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, why did you decide this book? Because I remember I reached out to you and when we're talking about which series we're going to read, I Mm -hmm. gave you a list of ones that I have my, you know, unread pile. And I told you Mm -hmm. this as well. I'm sure people have heard this from me, um, too, is that one of the selfish reasons why I'm doing some of these episodes is to kind of help me read my unread pile. And so when you ask, you know. What I was interested in, I gave you some list of books that I've been meaning to read that's in my unread. And so when I told you about Batman Beyond Neil year, that was the one that you said, yes, let's definitely read that. So I want to ask you, why was it that you were really gung ho about wanting to read Batman Beyond Neil year?
1: Well, selfishly, same reason, like it's been sitting in my 2 pile Red <laughs> pie, because I bought these in single issues. So I've had them in my my TBR since they since each one came out. I actually did read the first two issues when they came out mm-hmm. and then fell behind and never finished it up. And it's one that every time I like if I'm flipping through all my back issues, every time I come across it, I think, oh, yeah, I need to. That was really those first two issues are really good. I need to finish that. I need to finish. I need to finish. And then when you brought it to me, I was like, hey, that, that actually would be great because I've been meaning to do that and I really enjoyed the first third of it. Let's finish it out. Let's read the whole thing all in one sitting because I, I want to – I always wanted to read it. I like the art and everything in it. I kept – I just – it's one of the one of the ones near the top that I kept meaning to go back to and this was a great opportunity to do it.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, I, I read – I think the first issue I've read was issue number four when I was in a review for Comic Watch – And I absolutely loved this, so I went back to my local comic shop to try to get all the issues, and I got all of them except for issue one, because that was already out of print by the time I went and looked for it, so I had everything read up until issue one was the one I was missing, and then I think I finally read it either digitally or uh, through Comic Watch and just decided to get the trade paperback because I didn't think I was going to get the single Mm -hmm. issue and I didn't want to have a whole series of comics and be missing an issue. So I finally got the trade paperback when it came out and I liked it because it has also Batman Urban Legends number 7, which is kind of a prequel or or a setup Mm -hmm. to what's going on in the story as well too. So we're going to talk about that. So All right, well, this is our spoiler warning for anyone who's listening. If you have not read Batman Beyond Neil Year at this point and you don't want it to be spoiled for you, go ahead and put this on pause right now and save it for later. Go read Batman Beyond Neil Year, then when you're ready come back to this podcast or, you know, YouTube video, however you're watching this or listening to this and, you know, pick up from here. So, with that being said, that is everyone's spoiler warning. Let's go ahead and dive in and talk about a, give a synopsis about the story. So, Matt and I are going to kind of go back and forth to talk about what happens in the story. Um, with the trade paper bag, as I mentioned earlier. It starts with Batman Urban Legends number seven. So Matt hadn't read that because he had the single issues for the main story. So I'm going to talk about this a little bit. And the only reason why I'm doing that is because there is something in this story that I really like that I'm going to talk about a little bit later as one of my key moments or favorite moments in the comic series. Um, But basically, the whole synopsis of that issue is... Terry McGinnis shows up in Batcave and Bruce Wayne is laying on the ground dying and he says that there's no way to, you know, save him. He's going to die. Um, Terry McGinnis finds out that what happened is something that Bruce created within the Batcomputer became alive, became sentient basically and became self aware and now it's taking over Gotham. And the AI that Bruce had created unadvertently, like he didn't mean to, but he created it through the Batcomputer was the one that killed him. And so, Bruce Waynes lay on the ground, and there was this like long run out throughout the whole issue of Bruce kind of talking about you know here's the last moments, this is going to be my last time i'm going to talk to you and and talks about something along the lines of how you know his father saw fear in him when his father was killed, and so he became that fear when he picked up the gun. The man wasn't you know fearful of the gun he was fearful of the person behind the gun. If you don't know the story about Batman Beyond, the whole idea is that Bruce Wayne got to a point to where he was too old, but he still wanted to be Batman to protect the city. So he created that suit that you see Terry McGinnis wears to kind of help with his body movements and, and, in one instance where he was trying to stop crime from happening, the suit didn't work for him. And so he was actually at a disadvantage and wasn't able to stop the crime. And then somebody was going to come up and, and knock him out or try to kill him. So he found a gun on the floor and picked it up and put, pointed at the person. And, you know, he swore never to pick up a gun. So that really did a toll on him. So as he's dying, he's talking about that and, and, and everything. And then it kind of goes back and forth between when Bruce is dying and then Terry, after that moment, going out and trying to figure out who was responsible. For this and so eventually At the end he went to the Wayne Powers building to talk To the CEO and said who did this Realizing that it was an AI because The AI started talking into Terry's Helmet um, or cow and Then basically what happened was the AI tried to kill Terry but he got out of the office Before um, the bomb blew up But the CEO of Wayne Powers um, Got blown up in that Floor and so he died basically and So that kind of sets up the whole Story of um, Batman Beyond New Year. And what I thought was interesting is in that issue, they're showing Terry kind of going through all around the city. And I think they put a call out to John Tim, who was one of the creators of the Batman mm. animated series and Batman Beyond because they have something in the area called the Tim District. Uh, so I wonder if that's a call out to John Tim Or if that just happened to be a coincidence oh, you I don't mean think Bruce so Bruce Tim,
1: right? You're oh, about I'm sorry, Bruce Tim yeah, yeah, I kept Bruce saying Timm, John
0: yeah. Bruce Tim, I'm sorry Yeah, Bruce well, Tim John,
1: John Tim's
0: is an artist who is fantastic I love his work So when he said that I was yeah. like, oh, did he
1: draw something? You know,
0: yeah, uh, no, and I'm yeah. going to get John Tim on the show I think in a couple of weeks as well too oh, So, love, Oh my gosh, he's so good <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry So Bruce Tim's is who I meant So my bad yeah. But yeah, so well, my I'm guess sure it was then That's totally an homage to him It's got to be Yeah, yeah I was about to say There's no way that's a coincidence, right um, so let's go ahead and go into issue number one And Matt do you want to kind of set up like what happens at the beginning Of this story
1: Yeah I mean long story short um, Gotham City So you know Gotham City has always been portrayed As a character in the Batman mythos right Oh you know Batman and Robin and Catwoman But also Gotham is its own character Well in this one gotham literally becomes a character <laughs> gotham city comes alive now right it's I'm, I'm glad that you summarized that batman urban legends issue because like i said i hadn't read that story so at the beginning of this i was a tiny bit confused just for a minute because i was like wait when did all this happen now as you get into the story it doesn't really matter because you get sucked into the moment of this story but at the very right. beginning i didn't know when all this stuff happened but the Gotham city literally came alive as far like from an artificial intelligence perspective, right. it's, it's controlling everything. It's, you know, it, it can, it can monitor everybody on cameras and it's controlling banks and everything. Mm-hmm. It's being run by an AI basically. And um, so Terry has to try to figure out how to shut that down. There's also, like you said, um, Wayne powers, uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne industries merged with, can't remember the name of the other company, but they became yeah, it's Wayne like Powers, Powers Tech or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. there's a new there's a new CEO, which he uh, is he a person or he was an actual person, right?
0: Or an He's AI? a person, so he's from Bloodhaven. So you find out that he's actually from um, Nightwing's area. He grew up in Bloodhaven. Okay. He used to be a criminal, like ran crime or did crime in Bloodhaven, but I guess he kind of tried to. Quote unquote, you know, turn his life around, but he still kind of has that sleazy criminal, yeah. you know, approach to him. He's known as the holographic man because he has technology that can kind of change that's his appearance it. and everything. Not yeah. like Clayface necessarily, but it just he uses um, the bending of light to be able to make himself look good or to make things like look um, a certain way, which becomes an important part of this story because that's how Neil Gotham, the, the name of the AI that you keep hearing in the series, ends up using that technology to be able to make things happen in Gotham the way it wants to, because it wants to not increase or decrease crime, but wants to kind of keep it stable, basically. And the whole goal is to you know make Gotham City Police Department and Batman obsolete because there's no reason to have um, them if you keep it balanced all the time. And so it uses that technology that Donovan Lumos, the, the person um, yeah. who comes from Bloodhaven, uh, created to... Basically, control what's going on and to create this character that we find out that he uses that it uses as kind of like it's a forcer called the Sword of Gotham. And it's a person that looks like this futuristic, almost samurai. Type yeah. of person, right? With a huge sword. It's really interesting because it's it's a different design. It's a flat design because it's supposed to be digital and again made out of light, but it has like this physical presence and everything. I think they call it a hard light, which is kind of like what how yes. Green Lantern works. Right, like hard light. <laughs>
1: yes. A lot of a lot of comics. I love the concept of hard light. Like anytime you see, like, say, Green Lantern make a construct, or in this book, like a lot of the clothes that people wear are hard light. Or, like, Mm -hmm. you'll see, like, in comics, like, when they have, like, floating displays and floating keyboards, it's all hard light stuff. I love that idea of just hard light that can form anything, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's what Neo Gotham uses, like, throughout the series. Yeah. And so Terry's trying to figure out, you know, who's all behind this and try to stop it. And so he visits uh, Barbara Gordon to see if she can help, but she, you know, she's the commissioner at that time and she says he's going to retire, that she's done with all this. Um there's a new She literally young-
1: says the Danny Glover, I'm too old for this. <laughs> yes. you, know, uh, you know Well, she
0: doesn't really say that in
1: the book, but that's her attitude. I'm too old for this, you know.
0: Yeah. I'm out of here yeah well, and, and this story takes a lot of influence from a lot of places, and I think we'll, we're going to talk about that, but there's a lot of references to pop culture and movies shows, etc that takes place in the future as well too mm-hmm. um. So, yeah, so Terry's trying to, you know, get help. And he even goes to, I think they're called the Jokers. It's supposed to be a gang of criminals that dress up as the Joker and and everything. But he's trying to get help to figure out how to stop all this. So he visits Barbara Gordon. Um, There's a new character named Sunbeam Booma that is a young detective in uh, the Gotham City Police Department that he ends up trying to um, get on his side and and help out and everything. Um, He runs into this three-person entity called Gestalt. Um, or just all. I'm sorry. I think is how it's pronounced. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the Minority Report, right? Because yeah. Minority Report <laughs> has like those three, the precogs. Yes, exactly. And it's not exactly how they work. They're not precogs, but they're all one entity. Like they share a, a hive mind in a sense, and they work together. Three beings, separate be- beings, but they're all connected. Um, so he tries to get them the help, but they said that Gotham's beyond saving, and so they run away. Um, and so. He's trying to get this all figured out And then we find out that later at um, Barbara Gordon's retirement party That again, Donovan Lumos is throwing Um, She announces she retires And then Donovan Lumos says that Wayne Powers will fund Gotham City Police Department And Terry, Barbara Gordon, Sunbeam Booma All lost their shit (laughs) And couldn't believe it, right? Um, So, later on like, what happens later on? Do you remember what happens when they make that announcement? I know he talks to Buma. Then I think he is trying to figure out what happened to the mayor because the mayor's been missing for three days. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He says that the mayor's been missing. They do. We're, we're going full spoilers, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is this yeah. is a spoiler part. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah.
1: So they, you know, they later find out that the mayor's been killed. What um, it, And Terry just start, tries to try to figure out, like, how to stop um the city. Like, how do you stop a city? that is controlling everything, you know, when the city can see you coming. And one of the cool things about this whole story is that, um, you know, Batman beyond is all about technology, right? He's got a, he's got a high tech suit and he's in the future, but he has to go back to basics. Like he has to rip all the technology out of his suit because, um, you know, it tells Gotham where he is and that he's coming and and that's how the sort of Gotham knows how to combat it. So he has to take out all the technology, um, he has to, he comes up with a, like a face mask that scrambles his face from cameras and stuff like that. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of the creepy parts. It was revealed <laughs> that this AI, every so, uh, in, in this specific uh, retirement home, every, every time a, a new baby is born in Neo Gotham, this AI yes. poisons one meal in this retirement home to kill off one. Older person to keep the population balanced, like, and like mm-hmm. you said, like it wants to keep everything perfectly balanced. And I thought that was really creepy, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it eventually comes down to, uh, Terry having to band together, like you said, the Jokers and some retired, uh, Gotham police officers and Barbara Gordon to face off against Lumos. Mm-hmm. and this AI to bring them all down he needs the help of gestalt uh gets a new suit uh which I thought was really cool which wasn't too far different from The him. new suit was it's amazing. It's not too far yeah. off from like his main suit like it didn't look too drastically different but no. it did use that hard light concept and um yeah and it's just a big showdown of you know against Lumos but also this AI that controls everything uh and the big you know you so you might think well how you know it's just it's an AI just unplug it but like This AI. It it turns out that what we learn about the sort of Gotham is that uh, the AI uses the hard light technology to make anybody the sort of light or the sort of Gotham, excuse me. And so you know he thinks he defeated him at one point, but then another one comes in, and at the end it converts everybody because everybody has like these things in their skin because of the hard light technology that makes them appear however they want. Mm-hmm. The AI makes everybody this sort of Gotham character with this giant sword and it controls their movement so it can make them a really badass fighter. Mm-hmm. And it takes a it takes Terry and his ragtag gang of ne'er do well <laughs> jokers and, you know, retired cops to to take them all down and yes. regain control of the city, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah. And that's exactly what happens. And it's funny that you're talking about the Neonites because uh, Booma got um you know, Mm. was taken over. It was sort of Gotham at one point. And so That's that's, that's what made Terry, you know, take her to try to save her because, you know, she was going to die at that point. And said he had to get somewhere away from where the AI is not And so it goes back to Wayne Manor And had Gestalt spend like three months Trying to figure out what's going on Because not only are they trying to help her and cure her But they wanted to use that technology To figure out how to defeat Neo-Gotham By understanding the AI So that's what they did eventually Is that when Terry was on its final battle With the Sword of Gotham with Neo-Gotham Gestalt somehow uploaded their new software To stop the Lumos technology from working And then updated their own software so that so they like isolated the A.I. to be like in one single spot or at least couldn't control anything anymore, basically. And so that's how yeah. they save everybody. But what's what's funny is um, here's a funny thing. And then here's the thing I noticed as well, too. A funny thing is Donovan Lumos, they paint it as though he, he's like somehow involved with this. Right. Like willingly. We know that. Neil Gotham is using the hard light technology That Lumos created to do all this stuff So you think that Donovan Lumos is also Behind it, but you find out he's not And I remember Terry saying something to him About you know um, You gotta stop doing this and everything And then Donovan says like I don't know why you're doing This or you bring in that you know All those you know, the samurai knights or um, uh, You know the swords And all those guys and Terry's like oh, you don't know what's going on? Because uh, it's clear that Donovan didn't realize that Terry is not, he's trying to fight the sword of Gotham. He's not, you know, with him and everything. And Donovan's like, I know everything that's going on. And then the next panel is <laughs> like, what do I not know? <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> um, but the other thing I thought was really interesting is going back to the Sioux, because he had to abandon the Sioux very early in the story. But then you hear Terry talk about how, he has limited resources now since Bruce is gone. Wayne Manor is destroyed, essentially. And so when he throws the battering, you know, he only has a few of them left. When he uses the rocket fuel to fly around and it's completely gone, like that's it. He can't fly around anymore. And it's really interesting because you see him talking to Bruce in his mind as he's going through this whole story of saying, like, you know, I hear your voice in my head still tell me to do this, do that. But as all the equipment is, you know, being used, and doesn't have access to that anymore, you kind of feel a sense of him of like losing Bruce because he's losing those physical representation of Bruce Wayne and techno- and his technology to be Batman. And so when he finally gets rid of the suit um, and all the equipment, like he's finally free of Bruce, like physically, um, and so you kind of see him like being sad about that. And even though he doesn't really allude to that. He's talking about those things as though it's, he's losing Bruce all over in that in a sense. And so I thought it was really interesting how they wrote that, um, to kind of reflect that. So
1: yeah, that, yeah. that whole thing, um, you know, through the, throughout all six issues, you're, re- he's, so he's writing in a diary because he says, I finally found paper. Yes. So that I can write, th- I can write this, <laughs> uh, I can write these notes to you and through all six issues. And it's, and it's pretty, um, it's pretty heavy. Like there's a lot of it all throughout each issue where you're you're basically writing you're i'm sorry you're reading what he's writing to to bruce even though bruce is dead but mm-hmm. he, you, those are his thoughts and and um uh, you know I, I remember what you taught me and you know i'm doing this just how you taught me and swinging through the city instead of using rocket fuel makes right. me you know takes me back to the early days or makes me realize how you used to do it that kind of thing mm-hmm. and that part was really interesting you know they're, they're Dynamic, even though Bruce wasn't in it, but they, it's almost like he was, and they were still,
0: yes. they still had that connection. Yeah, because you can always talk about like what Bruce would have said in that situation yeah. to him because was yeah, so can long. Hear your voice, yeah,
1: you know, one thing I found really interesting about this is this story takes place, like time passes in this story. Like, uh like you said, you know, three, he spent three months near the end at Wayne Manor trying to get, um, uh what's the what Booma? Is that her name? Yeah, Booma, trying to trying yeah. to save Booma. Yeah. Trying to save her and trying to um you know, re you know, get a new suit and trying to just sort of uh re re recoup himself. But there's several parts in the story where he talks about it's been a month since this and but it's mm-hmm. done in a cool way where it's not just like overtly one month later, six weeks later. There <laughs> is one point, you know, where it does say three months later when he's yeah. in the manor. Right. But before that, it's it, there's just like little like story beats like it's been a month since this happened or six weeks ago that happened. And so like this story, usually with these mini series, it's like, Oh, a couple days or a week, whatever, but Mm -hmm. time passes over the course of this story, which I think really helps add some gravitas to it. It's like, Oh, you know, the city has been using this technology for a while. And the AI has been running rampant for a a good long while. It's not just like, Oh, there's this brand new
0: thing and he shut it down real quick. No, it, it was, it was around for a while. Well, and at the beginning of the story, You find out that because Lumos becomes the CEO, he said that he's going to have these three huge galas by the Mm -hmm. end of the year. And so I think that's part of the reason why it's called Neil years, because it takes place in the in um, an entire year. Yeah. So the first issue is like at the beginning. And then, you know, I think gala for Barbara Gordon's um, retirement, I think, was in issue three, if I remember correctly. And so, yeah, so it takes place in the former year. But you're right, it's it's one of those things where he kind of explains, you know, how much time has gone past. And not just how much time has passed, but what has happened during that time right. in a very succinct way. And it was done very well from the writers. And so, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that was really cool. That's a Batman Beyond Neil year in a shell, uh, which I think we covered that in like, you know, 15 minutes or something like that. Uh, but one thing I did in the last episode is I talked about... How I wanted to try to figure out a good way to succinctly summarize these comics as we're doing these episodes. And the latest thing right now is the AI tool, funny enough, called (laughs) ChatGPT, right? So in the last episode, I tried to use that and it was um, way off base because I asked it to give me a issue by issue summary of the many deaths of Layla Starr. And I, it's interesting because the first paragraph, they had everything right. They said, you know, it was written by this person. It was published by uh, this company, blah, blah, blah. First paragraph was like spot on. But then when you read the story, you're like, this story is not what I read. I don't know where it got this information. It was putting in characters. It was putting in storylines that did not exist. And so I thought it was just really funny that. It came up with all these things that it was supposed to be, you know, AI that everyone's kind of, you know, not everyone, but some people are freaking out about. But when I'm doing this, it's like it's so off the mark that I thought it was funny. So I did the same thing for this episode, Batman Beyond Neo Year. So let me tell you what happened. I put in the prompt that said, give me an issue by issue summary of Batman Beyond Neo Year. And its first response says, I'm sorry, but I can't provide an issue-by-issue issue summary because there's no such comic book series or storyline. What? Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I gave another prompt and kind of rephrased it and, and typed it differently. The first time I put Neo-year. The second time I asked it again, but I said from DC Comics entitled Neo-year without the hyphen. And it says, I apologize, but there's no Batman Beyond comic book series entitled Neal Year. But I did find something called Batman Beyond the Next Batman, which was released in 2021. And then it gave me a whole summary. So then I finally gave another prompt and I said, there is, all caps, IS, a comic book arc called Batman Beyond Neal Year. It had the cursor blinking for a good two or three minutes. And then it says, I apologize for my early response. You are correct. Which I'm like, yeah, I know I'm correct. I'm holding the book right in my hand. And then it says, here's an issue by issue summary of the four-part storyline. And it says it's issue 37 through 40, which is not true. We know it's one one through six. And again, the story is way off base. It's putting in characters like Blight. It says it's in the, in, in the story, which is not at all. Um, who's another person? This person named Split with a spell S-P-L-I-T-T. Yeah, but, which I'm not familiar with. So I don't know if it came, <clears throat> if it just made up that character or not. And then also talk about Ink, I N Q U E, which I remember from the yep. anime series, but Ink was not in this story as well either. So, Chad GBT just does some really funny things when you're trying to ask it to summarize a comic book story. So, I'm going to put that. If you're interested in reading those results, I'm going to put <laughs> that on the. Episode webpage Which will be in the show link um, Or I'm sorry In the show notes And I will put I'll just copy and paste it in there So you can read it for yourself What was the result When I put that stuff in there So what you're
1: saying is We're we're still a ways off From an AI Taking over an entire city
0: uh, <laughs> Maybe I don't know <laughs> I mean honestly the last never five used years before, but... AI has really jumped Like the fact that AI Can create videos on its own And stuff like that Like it's not oh, perfect yeah. By any means But just the fact That it's has been able to do that But at the same time It seems like The AI is definitely contained I know some people Are getting freaked out by that But it seems like It's it's a lot more contained Than what People realize as well too So Yeah so that's a summary of the story I want to share what a couple of listeners uh, Who also read the series What their thoughts were And, and um, I only got two, a couple people But I really appreciate them doing this I kind of put this at the last minute Because I completely forgot to do that Because again, I'm, I'm trying to prepare for C2E2 um, But in our Discord server, the Lunacasters Carson said, such a good story arc For probably my favorite fictional character ever Which I I can see that like it, it's, it's a great character Everybody loves Batman Beyond I haven't met somebody that hasn't yet um, and then on Twitter at Grimace Wayne, who's a great person, I absolutely love his Twitter account. Um, he said this shit was amazing. All caps. <laughs> Terry deserves an ongoing. I enjoyed the dialogue of him talking to dead Bruce. The art was immaculate. The whole thing was mind blowing. So thank you both for sharing your thoughts on the series. Um, Matt. Overall, I know we talked about, uh, you know, our thoughts about the series as we were describing it, but overall thoughts about the series that you wanted to share um, before we dive into some of our key moments and things we wish would have changed?
1: I I really, really enjoyed it. Like, after this, um, I got on the DC Universe Infinite app and it was just like looking at all the various other Batman Beyond series that I know exist, but I just never read, and it made me want to read some of those. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I really, I really liked it. One thing that I, that I, One thing that I really liked that I noticed right off the bat—it's the first thing that I notice anytime I open a comic—and that is the art, right? Because comics are a visual medium, and you notice art. And I love the art in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, like, really good art can make a mediocre story better, but really bad art can make a good story less interesting. Because if I don't, if I'm not engaged with what I'm looking at, I'm not really caring about the story. But this was both. This was great art and a great story. Like, I didn't want it to end like i was you know i was like obviously the 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 story lasts for six issues but like i was just thinking why is this a mini series like start give me a number seven and start a new story i'll just keep going Mm -hmm. um i just thought like i I thought it was amazing the the artwork the the story i love the idea of an ai controlling everything Mm -hmm. and how do you combat that when you have a suit full of tech and you have to go back you have to go old school to combat the new thing right um you know the uh, the only th- I didn't really love the third issue, like you said. I think that was um, Barbara's retirement because that was a whole lot of talking and and setting up the the last half of the story. Not a lot yeah.
0: happened in that one. Not until um, like the but, final page, like there wasn't a whole yeah, lot of action or anything. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
1: but not that I need everything to be action all the time. But this one was just like very like text heavy and right, just not a lot happened. So, but um, other than that, like it was, I thought it was fantastic. It did say at the very very end that Batman beyond will return or continue in 2023, which got me really excited. The only thing that makes me nervous about that is this came out in 2022. So obviously they're thinking ahead for the future, which is great, but we know a lot of DC's plans for this year with the Donna DC stuff. Mm -hmm. We know what they're planning to release all the way through at least June and some of the stuff in September. And so far, not a peep of Batman beyond. So that makes me a little bit nervous, (laughs) but it's not, you know, there's still plenty of time for them to roll out something else. But, um, I, I wish i wish i had read other batman beyond comics to compare this to because it had a long run in rebirth for like 50 issues i think yeah um, yeah that's i've heard um I, I just didn't read that stuff but i can speak for this i thought i really really enjoyed this like i read them all at the same time and sometimes mm-hmm. even with a mini series i might read a little bit and then take a little break go do something else come back the next day but i read all of these back to back because it was just that good
0: yeah, I I agree. I really enjoy the whole series here as well too, and and I thought the writing. I I don't know much about Lansing or Kelly's work as writers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I read any other stuff before, but I really enjoy. I'm always a pre- uh, appreciate anybody that can do a really good balance of dialogue and um, narration because I feel like those are sometimes hard to do if you don't do it correctly especially with mm-hmm. you know some of the art and, and flow and everything like that but I thought they nailed that here very very well. The art was really good. I had a couple of issues with the art which I'm going to talk about a little bit later but overall I really enjoyed the art. The new suit I thought was really cool. Like you said it, there wasn't a lot of new design to it um, other than it, it was more like an enhanced suit so it's one of those yeah. things like you know if, if it's not broke, don't fix it, but it fixed it with the hard light, And so it's like the same suit, but you know, souped up basically. Yeah. I got to give props to the letter here, a bit of car, because I thought the lettering was phenomenal, especially when it came to just stall. I, I don't know if people know this oh, when they're yeah. reading comics, but the letters don't just write the letters. They write the speech bubbles. They design the speech bubbles and just speech bubbles were really cool. In terms of showing like how it's supposed to sound, and it's like a digital, like the way they did it is is like a green uh, speech bubble because they're all green, but then it has some of those pink uh, digital lines that came went yeah, around it, like pixels. Yes, exactly, and I absolutely love that. I love it when letters really get into how can I do this to make it. You know, visually know, to show you visually how it's supposed to sound, which is why next time you read a comic book that has Iron Man in there, his speech bubble is always different when he's in his Iron Man suit because it has like the red and yellow. Not just to show that is his color. But if you look at the lines, it's supposed to sound like a digital microphone sound when he's talking. Right. I thought they did the same thing right here. I absolutely love that. And, and anytime you see any letters show up. On the page, like, you know, sound effects and stuff like that That's the letter, and I thought they did a great job here So I absolutely enjoyed this series I thought they did a really good job It's probably, you know, one of my favorite ones from DC Comics, for sure um, So let's dive into some of our key or favorite moments So, Matt, what's a favorite moment you have from this comic series?
1: Well, I like, not to sound superficial, but I really liked when he got the new suit, right? Because uh, yeah, one thing that's always... Even, even with the cartoon, one thing that always bugged me with the suit is, uh, and, and like Steel, the character Steel has this too. I've never liked yeah. characters who are supposedly wearing a, a helmet or like a hard thing on their head, but there's, they still have the mouths and the lips yes. and you can still see their teeth. <laughs> like I hate that. Right. And that's always, I, it's always bugged me about this. With the new suit, he, um, still has that, but it's, it's, it's not just like all black now. There, there is a part of it where it looks like a cowl. Yes, but his face is then just still covered in black. It just looks mm-hmm. different, and I think that's all hard light stuff because there was a moment where it, it like just vanishes, and it, but it's not like yes. a nanotech like in in the MCU. Like it, it just it's I think it's hard light stuff. So mm-hmm. I really like the new suit stuff, but I think um, I don't know about just one moment, but I like like I've said before, I just like the fact that he he has always been a tech based hero. But now he's not. And he went back to basics and kind of showed that he was trained by Batman. And even without all this tech, he can still handle himself. Mm -hmm. because he's been he was trained by the best um
0: it's not the suit it's not the suit that makes him it's it's
1: him. yeah the suit enhances him but he's still in control of all that stuff and he knows the the tactical thinking that he has to that he has to wield in this along Mm -hmm. with the combat moves and the strength and stuff is great but you know all the all the the battles with um sword of gotham were great because sort of gotham had a really cool design too that big giant sword and and if you know Batman Beyond is, is or Batman is is low on resources, but yet the sort of Gotham has a giant sword and who's going to win out and mm-hmm. just all that kind of stuff I just thought was really cool. And then, like I said, I've always enjoyed stories of AI, like taking over something and how do you combat something that's everywhere. Right. they encompasses every part of your life and your surroundings. Like, finding a way to overcome that I just think is wildly interesting.
0: Yes. Well, and, and especially like today when we're seeing a bunch of AI tools, you know, becoming more commonplace for people to use. Um, yeah. That actually – that goes into one of my favorite moments or favorite aspects of this series is it is a meta-reflection on how AI is pervasive and just exists in our current world as well, too. Because, it, you know, it uses things that we're already familiar with but kind of show how – AI can, you know, not just manipulate things, but also kind of think about how to control things without the person knowing, basically, right? Because the general population do not know that things are being manipulated. Like they, they know that, oh, you know, crime is, you know, kind of balanced. It's not going up, it's not going down. Like they don't question that because the AI is smart enough to know how to do that without. Bring up suspicion unless you're Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's something that people are really concerned about: is can AI end up being like controlling us, and we don't even realize it? Um, and it's very similar. I talked about this earlier: how there's a lot of influences from uh, pop culture. Like this has a very uh, Matrix-style kind of uh, feel to the comic series, especially with um, the Sword of Gotham, because the Sword of Gotham moves from person to person, just like how Agent Smith does and the other agents, yeah. you know, where they can just possess somebody and, and turn into that. And so it has a lot of those reflections and influences. I mentioned you know, Minority Report with Gestalt and all that. Um, so I I've really enjoyed how it looks at AI in terms of something that can be a problem to look at that is not really new, but I think because of this day and age that we're actually seeing AI happening, not just, you know, in small labs or anything like that, but it seems like it's, you know, kind of showing up everywhere that it's a commentary on what are some questions we need to ask about artificial intelligence to make sure that humanity is still protected and safe from being, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not isolated, but being, you know, obsolete basically. Yeah. In this series, what's something that you wish was different or something that they added that maybe you're disappointed with, or you're kind of confused. Is there something that you would change or like to see in this series?
1: So, and like I said, at the very, very beginning, I was a little confused because, um, bruce wayne was already dead and uh i didn't know how it all started you know so maybe if i had read that batman urban legends but um (laughs) i just feel like bruce being dead um wasn't as big a deal as it probably should have been uh Uh, and maybe i would have gotten that if i had read that but it's like i said when i first started it's like oh he was already dead and like everybody's just like okay he's dead not a big thing but like you know um terry just sort of accepted it and, and, and moved on and nobody else really Barbara didn't really feel remorseful or anything like that. So that, I just thought that was a little bit weird, but that could mm. come from my lack of not having read or my lack of the fact that
0: I didn't read the, 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 the first story. Right. Well, I mean, it, the way you describe it, it's very much like a Christmas Carol. Is just said, you know, Bob Marley was dead to begin with. Like that's just yeah. how I kind of hope is Bruce Wayne's dead, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it seems to be reality. Um, and I think, Barbara Gordon didn't seem like she was, um, you know, grieving in that process. And maybe she already did. We just didn't see on page, but they did have a nice moment where she, um, sees Dick Grayson, who I think is like the commissioner of the police in Bloodhaven, And she had said something about like what Bruce always thought about him. And he said like, that was probably one of the nicest things he's ever heard, you know, from Bruce and uh, and the fact that she shared that, you know, so it, it was a really touching moment. Um, For me, the thing I wish would have been different is we had touched this earlier in the episode that the titling when they're trying to show like three months later or like a location like Gotham City or something like that. For me, it was very hard to read. Like I didn't know what it was supposed to say. It took me probably a good two or three minutes to figure out. What he was trying to say, and and again because they're trying to get the lettering to look kind of futuristic, but it was very hard. It, it was it was one of those if you haven't seen this yet, it's um, it does one of those like text masking where the image is inside the text, and so anything outside is that of it, page yeah. right there. So yes. if I hold it
1: back, like no, probably on your monitor, on your phone or whatever, like you can't see that. Like in even I when I was reading it, I, I was I was actually laying in bed and I was reading this, and I, I was like. I was like, I feel like that says something. Yeah. and I had to like sort of hold it back and kind of blur my eyes. I, and I said, Oh, I think it says T H R three. Oh, is this a three months later? But yeah, it's it's a whole page. Yeah, and and it's and it's the same image basically of the city. Just like it's right. sunny, and then it's raining, and then it's like whatever. And but it's in yeah. I yeah. that that part threw me for a loop too. Yeah, because yeah. but thankfully, like there's not. That's the only time this shows up is that page right there. Yeah. Yeah, I was like doing this and
0: Yeah. You're you're not missing like critical information necessarily. You know, it's just supposed to show that time has passed, but yeah, it took me a long time to figure out what that was saying. Yeah. And I think there's other time where they're trying to do the location and say things like Gotham and it took me a while to figure out like what it actually said. So I mean, if that's my biggest beef, it's still a good story, I believe. Oh, yeah. um, it just – I, I, I hate it when it takes me a long time to figure out, like, what's going on in a page because I feel like it shouldn't be that sort of thing. And that one would just drive me nuts because I had no idea what it was saying until – and then when I finally figured it out, I was like, God, I could have turned the page and just kept going with the story. Right. <laughs> So, all right. So let's end with another favorite moment of ours or aspect of the comic series of Batman beyond. I don't know if, if you have another one you want to share or.
1: Um, gosh, I don't, nothing I can think of that. Uh, you know, like I said, I love all the hard light stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that concept in comics. Right. But, um, but I, I did love the passage of time. You know, we were talking about, like, I just, I just thought it would, because it would have been so easy to just like have this take place over the course of a week or a couple of weeks. And, that would have made less sense because it's like, well, how did this AI take over and everybody's using this new hard light stuff and like these wearable, you know, like hard light clothes and everything. Mm -hmm. If it's only been a couple of weeks, it's not that big of a deal. But the fact that they had that, that forethought to say we need to make sure this takes place over, like you said, a year at least. Right. Um, I thought that helped, that helped enhance it.
0: It did. Yeah. Um, For me, technically this isn't part of the Batman Beyond series. This is the issue that was the prequel in Batman Urban Legends number seven. I absolutely love any time that a creator tries to do something different with the medium of reading comics. So for example, one of my favorite Favorite things I love to share about a comic book is Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, um, and I'm uh, gonna say yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where and he's in the labyrinth from the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. and you, as a reader, have to like turn it. When you turn the page, you turn it, and it feels like you're experiencing the labyrinth by doing that, right? And I absolutely love that. I remember when that happened. I, I read it like three or four times in a row because I thought that was so cool because I've never done that with a comic book before. Um, and Batman Urban Legends, it doesn't do that same thing, but they did something very different. That I thought was just beautiful. So what happened is Terry told um, the back computer to go ahead and self-destruct the Wayne Manor because the AI was still trying to get in and kill Bruce and him. And so you see him running up the steps of the back cave and going out of the Manor. But the way it's done—if um, you ever look at the page here—is that. The page starts at the top left of him running through the stairs, and it just kind of goes this zigzag, basically. But as he's doing this zigzag, at the bottom middle of the page is Bruce Wayne, I think. Kind of, it's like a re- memory, something like that. Bruce Wayne, I think, talking to Terry or something like that. And then when he gets to the middle of the page, when the zigzag, um, you see the moment of Bruce Wayne deciding that he's going to be Batman in front of his uh, parents' uh, um, portrait. Yeah. And then when he gets to the top and getting out of the way manor, you see the moment where Bruce Wayne as a kid is pretty much alone on his own after his parents died. And so I thought it was really cool because there was a lot of symbolism was going on there. Like it's not just Terry running out of the Wayne Manor and having to, you know, abandon it completely, but it shows how Wayne Manor is also a pivotal moment. Um, a pivotal place for Bruce Wayne in these uh, series of events that led him to Batman and then eventually Terry McGinnis being Batman. So I, the art was just phenomenal on that page. I absolutely love it. I, I can't get over that. I thought it was so cool how they did that because it's not just, you know, showing him going out of the mansion, but it's kind of saying, like, here's a final goodbye to Bruce yeah. Wayne as, you know batman as we know it basically because not only is bruce wayne dying but wayne manor that represents him physically is also going to go away in this story
1: yeah and that's and that's that's one of the things i love about comic books is that visual storytelling right if you're reading yes. a, not, not not knocking novels but if you're reading a novel you're just like oh terry runs up the stairs or whatever but just <laughs> just a comic book you open and, and the story is being told not only through the words but through the visuals and the art and that's that's one thing i love too and you know they they do a couple things like that here i would forgotten about but like in this part right here where Batman is facing up against the Jokers in this one s- sort of s- yes. long horizontal panel, yeah. that's one single panel, but like, I love that, that motion of him doing this. And then he jumps through the guy and then he flips and kicks the other guy in the face. Yes. yeah, and it's, I love stuff like that. Like Bruno Redondo does a lot of that kind of stuff in, in the Nightwing series. Mm-hmm. Just anytime you see like a sequence like that, where you see just multiple figures of one character as they do that kind of motion there's another example Of that too and I almost want to say it's almost a whole Page of something like this in a later Issue but that kind of stuff yeah that, I love that I love seeing that
0: Yeah I, I love it anytime they try to do Something different with the medium in terms of how you Read yeah. and experience it, and, and that was just a great Example of that I absolutely love it. so it's, it's definitely one of my favorite pages I love To share with people so, oh, all right, so that is Batman Beyond Neo Year. So, we went through the summary of it and some of our favorite things about it, as well as things that we would like to see changed. Um, before we end this episode, we always end with sharing what comics we're reading. Now, Right now, we're recording this a week ahead of time. So we're actually recording this on a Tuesday, and it's coming out next week. So I'm not going to be able to share what other people are reading just because we just did that for the previous episode. And so I didn't feel like there was enough time to pass for people to share anything new. So it's just going to be Matt and I sharing what we're reading. So, Matt, why don't you share with us what you're currently reading in comics right now?
1: Yeah, well, um mostly right now it's just all the new stuff that's coming out. Like so today's we're recording this on a Tuesday. Today's new DC day at my LCS. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've been I've been riding high on the Donna DC stuff, like the new Superman series. Obviously mm-hmm. I love World's Finest. And last week both of those came out on the same day. So I was I was loving <laughs> life then.
0: Yeah. But
1: uh, you know, doing the typical uh you know, Marvel stuff too, Amazing Spider Man, She Hulk was fantastic last week. Um so just uh doing a lot of new stuff, but my sort of thing that I'm also reading when I'm done with those is I am super psyched for the new Green Arrow series that is <laughs> I, that launches April 25th. Part of the <laughs> new Dawn BC. BC. Uh, my buddy who works in my LCS, they got an advanced copy. A lot of uh, retailers will get advanced copies like a month ahead of time, like, mm-hmm. a, like a digital PDF. Right. Um, and he read it yesterday and said that it's fantastic. So I can't wait to read it. So in preparation for that, <laughs> I realized that I never – I started and never finished the Green Arrow the from the Rebirth era from 2016, and it ran for like 50 issues, however long, four years, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I decided to go back and start that, and I'm going to read the whole thing. So I've, I'm just a few issues in to Green Arrow, the Rebirth era from tw- – so the Green Arrow series from 2016. Mm-hmm. I started that over. 'Cause I think I only read like a dozen issues or so. And um it's awesome. Yeah. I'm just I'm just like riding <laughs> high on Green Arrow right now, like anything Green Arrow. I love that character. So uh so I've been once I'm done with the new stuff, I go back and I'm working
0: my way through Green Arrow from a few years ago. Yeah. And you've been you've been talking about green arrow i think for at least a month now if not long because i've seen you do tiktoks and posts and stuff like that i can tell that you're really excited about this (laughs) because it's
1: one of those things where um it's only going to be a six issue mini series Uh but there's potential for it to get extended if the sales are good and the reception's good yeah uh, to to maybe a a 12 issue limited series or maybe an ongoing like what happened with poison ivy Mm -hmm. and um, joshua williamson who's the writer Said that he has plans for the story beyond the six issues and he wants to feature more of the Arrow family, oh. develop more of those characters. Yeah. But he can't do it all in just six issues, so it needs to get extended. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm a nobody <laughs> on the out internet, there. but I'm just trying to like put as much energy as I can out there. Everybody pre-order, you know, get this, make the sales <laughs> good. It can get extended. We'll get more of this, and it'll snowball into an ongoing that kind of thing. So I'm just trying to hype it as much as I can. But uh, oh, you know. that's awesome.
0: Well, you know what, I, I might have to add that. I, I'll wait a little bit, but I'll probably have to add that to my pull list. I, just the fact that you're saying all this like it's getting me yeah. excited. Um, I've never read any Green Arrow stuff, so maybe this will be a good one for me to. To, to Start with it would
1: be a great place to start yeah. Number one you know with a You know cr- fantastic creative team uh, And they're very passionate about the character Too so it'd be
0: a great place to start awesome uh, For me This week when I'm pulling from my comic Shop and this is no surprise To anybody that knows me but daredevil Number nine is coming out this week mm-hmm. Oh and- is that this week Oh, it's this nice. week yeah yeah at least <laughs> at least according to league of comics geek it told me yeah. that it's coming out this week um and we just got the news you know not too long ago that this run is actually ending in august and so this is going to be coming to an end uh for this current run of uh Daredevil which i think this this one is called the red fist saga if i remember correctly mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i will say this i i know you said you weren't a fan of it like you weren't uh it didn't appeal to you by any means but issue number 10 has an Eastman variant coming out. And mm-hmm. I love all the Eastman art. like anytime he's doing a variant for anything, I try to pick that up instead of the main cover. And so I am picking that up, but I know you said, you know, it doesn't appeal to you at all. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, which is weird. I'm a huge fan of Kevin Eastman, right? Cause he created yeah. the Ninja turtles with Peter. Lear. So like I, I worship the guy, but um, his art just kind of doesn't really do it for me. So especially, yeah. I don't know. It's, that's kind of how it's, I am with,
0: with Alex Ross right like it, Oh yeah it's phenomenal but I Would not go and get it because it just Doesn't appeal to me like I, I appreciate yeah. The art and that is so is really good But it's just like it's not for me So I totally get that yeah. I understand that I don't think it's I don't think it's bad like I don't like
1: to say that any Artist is bad because I can't draw to Save my yeah. life so it's just it just Doesn't it's just not my preference You know yeah. it's just not my style that I gravitate Toward that's all it is
0: yeah and and speaking Of, of art so you know that Danny and Manny have a, a good You know, rivalry, but we're actually friends on TikTok. We played on Fortnite, talk to each other all the time. Uh one of his videos he actually drew Daredevil and I commented on his video, I said, You got to send that to me. I want it now, and you gotta sign it. He's like, Are you serious? And I told him, I was like, Yes, this will be like my April Neal moment in the Ninja Turtles movie where she's drawing all the turtles. Like that's that's what this is for me. So if you send it (laughs) to me, I will hang it up in my office. Um, right. That was a great scene. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm also picking up Dark Knights of Steel number ten, which I absolutely love this run. I just don't like how it takes them forever to put out an issue because I think when it got to issues six or seven, it stopped for the longest time.
1: Yeah. And it's it supposed did. to
0: be 12 issues, I believe. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. It's a great story. Absolutely love it. And then the other one I'm picking up this week is the mighty, the mighty Morphin Power Rangers last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover volume two, issue number four. I have not read the, uh, First volume yet and I not read The the issues for the second volume yet What I'm going to do is I'm going to try to read through that But I'm collecting it right now for the single issues I've heard nothing but great things about this I think in the last episode I talk about how I only got this because I saw the variant cover From Eastman and Williams where they did the Split Raphael and the Green Power Rangers and I thought it was phenomenal And that's like one of the only times That seeing a variant cover made me Decide to kill a whole series So I'm picking that up this week as well yeah, I'm wanting to read that. I didn't read the first volume either, uh, and I'm not. I've never really been the
1: biggest Power Rangers guy. I've Never read any Power Rangers comics, but same here. Them yeah. with the turtles, and you know, Dan Moore did all uh, the covers for the first volume. I think he's doing the interiors for this volume.
0: I think uh, he is. Yeah,
1: that sells me right there. Like yeah. I just, I want to try it out. It looks so. It looks good and fun, and yeah, I'm gonna pick that up. I'm gonna pick up probably both of them. The first ones in trade, and when the second ones in trade, I'll probably just get them both.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, same here. I, I grew up with the Power Rangers. I loved them on the television show, but I've never read the comics. So it'll be interesting to yeah. see how this goes. Well, that is it for the episode. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Before I let you go, where can we find you and your work online?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. And TikTok is the one I focus on most. And mm-hmm. it's Bumpkins TV. Right. Uh, I just had to have something to different bumpkins was taken everywhere so I had to put TV on the end but uh, yeah
0: yeah and I'll make sure I, I got your link tree uh, link so I'll put that in the show notes yeah. as well too Everything's to in the link tree yeah for yep. sure yep so I'll put that in as well thanks again for joining. I always appreciate having you on the show you're welcome to come back anytime if you come up with I, another I'm, comic you want to do let's do it
1: Well I will send you a picture of my massive YouTube <laughs> red pile and we'll just work our way through it all Sounds good It's been a great motivation <laughs> to get this done you know
0: <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And that wraps up another episode of The Caps in Life. I hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caps in Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout-out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit The Caps